From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes the Dr. Nina Show with a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying their hidden triggers and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. Dr. Nina inspires us to enjoy the full spectrum of human experience we all deserve to live. Hi there. Welcome to the Dr. Nina Show. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin. I am a psychoanalyst specializing in eating disorders, specifically binge eating disorder. And I am here to help you break free from binging, body shame, and diets that don't work. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. Keep in mind that binge eating is not about willpower. It is not about control. And you know what? It isn't even about food. Focusing on what's eating at you, not what you are eating, is the key to creating a binge-free, happy life. And I am here to help you every step of the way. So my topic today is binge eating and depression, how they're linked and what you can do about it. Um, Sheila, welcome. I see you on Instagram. Hi, everyone on Instagram. Uh, uh, So for those of you who are not on Instagram, I do live stream the show on Instagram. You you can watch me live on the live stream on Instagram, and you can watch later or listen later on uh, Apple Podcasts. Okay, so binge eating and depression. And by the way, I am going to open up the phone lines only after I talk about the topic. So I'll let you know when uh, I'm going to do that. But if you are on Instagram, please feel free to drop a comment. I'd love to hear from you um, in real time if you'd like to say something. Okay, so anyone who has ever struggled with binging knows that feeling all too well. That feeling of depression after the binge. Sometimes like, you know, you're doing well, you're, everything's going right. You're, you're eating well, you're exercising, you feel healthy, you feel good. You're even having some success. Maybe you've even not only stopped binging, but lost weight and all is well. And then before you know it, you relapse, you relapse or you sabotage. And suddenly you're downing an entire pint of ice cream or a package of cookies plus whatever else is in the kitchen. And not only do you feel guilty afterwards, oh, it's just such a horrible feeling. You can't understand why you can't control yourself around food and you are depressed. But which comes first, depression or binging? So today I'm going to explore the connection between binging and depression. And I'm going to tell you what you can do if you find yourself struggling with both. Let me start by answering the question of what is depression? Now that might seem obvious. What is depression? But depression means different things to different people. And it's used different ways. Some people say they're really depressed because a favorite TV series was canceled. So depressing. Others feel depressed uh, because they feel hopeless in life. Uh, They feel suicidal and there's no point in living. So when we use the word depression, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So there are different levels and intensities of depression from major depression to low level depression. Dysthymia is kind of like you're just sort of under the normal for a long time. You're not quite super depressed, but you're not quite yourself. You're not quite in a, in a place of well-being. But all forms of depression include at least five of these symptoms. Sadness, sadness or depressed mood, which is sadness. Loss of interest or pleasure in doing things that you normally like to do. Changes in appetite. This is a tricky one. I'm going to get back to this later. But changes in appetite, either eating more or eating less unrelated to dieting. Trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy, or an increase in that kind of restless, anxious energy, and feeling um, worthless, feeling guilty, not even knowing why, just just feeling like, like life is not worth living sometimes, or that you are not good enough, low self-esteem, difficulty concentrating, 
making decisions, and sometimes suicidal thoughts. So those are all aspects that come with depression. Depression is also um, part of being alive, right? It's a normal state when it becomes more than sadness into clinical depression, when it affects your life, then it's something you really need to look at and take care of. So how are binge eating and depression linked, right? Do you get depressed because you you binged or are you binging because you're depressed? Well, the answer is both. Okay. So a lot of studies, and you don't need me to tell you that there have been multiple studies that show a strong link between binge eating and depression. It's kind of obvious, right? Um, but one study found that, found that nearly 60% of people who suffer from binge eating disorder also suffer from depression. And there are different theories on why this exists. Um, one is that the brain chemistry of people who are depressed differs from those who aren't, and that can lead to changes in appetite. Mm. Now, depression-related increases in appetite, those are related to certain hyperactivation, of, you know, certain parts of our brain. But increased appetite is not the same as binge eating. It, it differs from binge eating. Binge eating is not about appetite. Binge eating refers to consuming a large amount of food in a short period of time, followed by shame, guilt, and self-recrimination. Binge eating when you have, now I should say binge eating disorder, because binge eating on its own or kind of overeating to the point where it becomes a binge, that can be from not eating enough. It can be from deprivation. But for the most part, the binges of binge eating disorder are not related to how hungry you are. That's why you can have a perfectly good dinner, feel satisfied, and then 30 minutes later, you are in the kitchen wondering what you can have. It has nothing to do with physical hunger, more like emotional hunger. So another reason for the, the connection between binge eating and depression is what some people call the escape theory. Binging is a way to escape. It is a way to escape feelings of sadness, guilt, worthlessness, indifference, all the yucky, difficult, painful, awful feelings that you feel when you are depressed, even though, of course, it's temporary. So the escape theory is just a, a phrase that really means it's a way of coping a way of coping that hurts us more than it helps. So, of course, the irony is that, that binging is a way of coping. It's a way of dealing with depressed feelings. The aftermath of binging can cause feelings of increased depression. It's the worst. So painful, so difficult. Okay, so now that we've defined everything, what do you do if you struggle with both binge eating and depression? Well, of course, you know, as a psychoanalyst and a psychotherapist and coach, I would say very important to seek professional help. But in addition to seeking professional help, there are a few things you can do on your own to start working through both of these conditions. Hi, Carly Gash. Good to see you on Instagram. Um, I am going to open up the phone lines uh, Carly Gash is asking when a good time is to call. I'm going to open up the phone lines after I'm done talking uh, about the topic. You will know if you stay with me here on Instagram uh, or if you're not or if you're listening on the radio, um, please just know that I will let you know when a good time is to call. Okay, so. So here are some things that you can do to start dealing with both binging and depression. So first of all, identify why you're turning to food. Be mindful of your eating habits. When you're hungry, ask yourself if you're physically hungry or if you're emotionally hungry. Here's the trick. Uh, sometimes, sometimes feelings of yearning, wanting can be experienced as physical hunger. But ask yourself, are you really eating, turning to food to satisfy a, a physical hunger, or is there something emotional going on? Are you are you hungry for something, emotionally hungry? Um, 
And if it is that, if you are emotionally hungry, which can mean a lot of different things, it can mean you are feeling unfulfilled and empty and you're using food to symbolically fill a void. It can mean you're lonely and you're also using food to, to symbolically fill that void. It can mean you're sad, depressed, and you're using food to comfort yourself, to soothe yourself. Remember, binge eating is not about food as the problem. With binge eating, food is the solution to the problem. And if the problem is that you are sad and you are depressed and you don't feel good about yourself, well, binging is a way of distracting yourself, comforting yourself, and numbing yourself, which temporarily, of course, um, assuages that, that, that bad feeling, although temporarily. So here's the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Here's, here's a way that you can tell which is which. Physical hunger is felt in your body, right? You, you get a growling stomach. You get lightheaded. Maybe if you're like me, you kind of lose your words. I just, I can't grab my words when I'm hungry. Um, or maybe you feel hangry, which is that kind of angry hunger, uh, where you just get really edgy when you're when you're hungry when you're starving. So when when you are physically hungry, you're going to eat what's there to assuage your hunger. You're not going to be like super picky. Like even if oranges aren't your favorite thing, if you're really really hungry and the only thing there is oranges, you're going to have an orange because you just have to not be hungry in that moment. But emotional hunger is different. Emotional hunger is not located in your body. We don't feel it physically. We feel it in our mind. Um, when when you're emotionally hungry, something looks good. Something sounds good. And the idea is that by eating that food, you're going to feel emotionally better. So physical hunger is just like, oh, I'm hungry. What's, you know, what's available? Emotional hunger is, oh, I need to eat something because it's going to change the way I emotionally feel. That is the difference. Um, so next, identify why you're depressed. Why are you depressed? At its core, depression is about hopelessness. People who are depressed have lost hope in themselves. They've lost hope in the future. They've lost hope in the world around them. They feel like nothing is worth it. Life is pointless. The good news is that hope can be restored. You can lose hope temporarily, but guess what? You can find it again. And how do you do that? You challenge the thoughts and beliefs that are leading to the hopelessness. So people often will say, well, you know, what's the point? Nothing's ever going to change. Things like that. Well, then look at back in your life and think about times when you have felt hopeless or helpless and things did change, in fact. Look back in your life and recognize the times when you thought nothing was going to be different and it was you thought you'd never find someone to love, and you found someone. You thought you'd never make it through that that class or that you know university or that job, and you did. So sometimes we have to to, to find uh, outcomes that challenge our ideas. They're just ideas. They're ideas and they're beliefs, but they lead to the way we feel, and then that leads to the feeling. That's why if we so thoughts and beliefs lead to feelings lead to behavior. It's hopeless. What's the point of living? Makes you feel terrible, depressed, makes you turn to food. If you only focus on the food part, nothing is ever, ever, ever going to change. You're just white knuckling it through life. But when you change the way you think, you change the way you feel. When you say, you know what, it feels really hopeless right now, but I know it actually isn't. And I'm only going to feel this way for a little bit. I'm going to do my best to get through this difficult time. But I know that there is, you know, there's hope in the, on the horizon. I just have to get there. You don't feel quite as bad. 
And the other strategy is to learn how to cope when you do feel bad. A lot of times people who binge eat, the the moment that they need the most support from themselves is the moment they abandon themselves by going to food. If a friend is depressed, you don't say to yourself, you don't say to your friend, hey, you're depressed? Let's get some ice cream. Come on. Let's order pizza. I don't think so. Or maybe you do, but you also talk to your friend. If you don't talk to yourself in a soothing and kind and loving, attentive way, you'll turn to food for comfort or distraction, and that is self-abandonment. You want to stay present with yourself and for yourself. So identify why are you depressed? What are the thoughts? What are the beliefs? What is the situation that is causing this depression right now? Challenge them. Challenge those thoughts. Challenge those beliefs. Find out other than what you think it's going to be. Also, express yourself. With, with, with anything, there's a fear and a hope. Write out both. Hold both. I'm afraid it's always going to be this way, but I hope these are my hopes. Balance the fear with the hopes. And I find that writing things out is really powerful. Not everybody feels that way, but I think that's one way way that a lot of people do get their feelings out. That's why journaling can be so powerful. Um, it helps you get these thoughts out of your head onto a either a piece of paper or a computer screen, and then you can challenge them, I think, more readily and more easily. You can start looking at them a little bit more objectively and question their validity. Like, really? Is that true? Is it completely hopeless? Is there like a teeny, teeny, tiny glimmer of hope? What would that be? Build on that. And then, of course, you've got to identify resources for support. When you're depressed or when you're binging, it feels like you're the only one who's doing this. You feel like if people knew what was going on with binging, they would be horrified. They'd be disgusted. They'd want nothing to do with you. They'd see you differently, which makes you want to hide from people and pretend everything is fine. And that makes things worse because then they only see the mask you show them and they don't see what's really actually going on with you. When we turn to people and we get support from other people, the right people, then that helps. There's an old saying, um, troubles shared are troubles out. And you share it and you really feel heard. Sharing it with the right person, by the way, the right people. When you feel heard, when you feel comforted by other people, you could turn to people for comfort instead of to food. When you realize you're not alone, you don't feel so bad about yourself. So getting getting support is essential. Um, if you feel like you're all alone in the world, that is depressing. But when you're talking to people who understand, who get what you're going through, who've been there, or who are just there to help, yes, yeah, support from the right people is golden. Carly Gash is saying, it really helps reduce the feelings of isolation and loneliness that can lead to depression and lead to binging. Um, So again, it helps to talk to a friend, the right friend, share in a support group, process your experience with a therapist. And by the way, if you don't have anyone in your life who understands or you don't think you have anyone in your life who understands, there are lots of organizations um, that, that are there for you. There's uh, the National Eating Disorders Association has a hotline. There are uh, hotlines for depression. If you want the name of them, please feel free to reach out to me and I'll provide it for you. That will, that will help put you in touch with people who can help. Next, identify ways that you can support yourself. So the way that we talk to ourselves has a lot to do with the way we feel. And the way we feel has everything to do with what we do with food. When we are harsh and punitive and judgmental and mean 
to ourselves, we turn to food just to escape our own mean voice. So instead, you really have to learn to respond to yourself in a kind, supportive, and encouraging way. I've, I've shared before about you know, the, the many people who have said, well, they tried talking to themselves and it didn't, didn't help at all. Well, the way you talk to yourself has everything to do with how you feel. If you say to yourself something like, you know, well, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Like, what's the big deal? You're going to be fine. Are you going to feel better? Would you say that to a friend to make the friend feel better? Would you say to your friend, you're going to be fine. But yeah, it's a big deal. You're, you're, you're good. No, that would not make your friend feel better. And guess what? It doesn't make you feel better either. The way we talk has everything to do with the way we feel. Not just the words we use, but the way we say them. So you're going to be fine does not feel very warm and comforting, but you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Same words, totally different feeling, totally different meaning. So really practice being supportive and encouraging to yourself because the way you talk to yourself affects the way you feel. The way you feel affects your behavior with food. If you are cruel to yourself or judgmental or indifferent or harsh, well, also that's depressing. You're going to feel bad. Maybe you're going to feel depressed. Then you're going to binge to get away from that feeling to deal with the depression. And it's just a, a cycle that goes over and over and over and over again. We can break the cycle by looking at the way that you talk to yourself. And how do you comfort yourself? When you're depressed, you, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm so depressed. Life sucks. Well, you know, that's depressing. But if you say, oh, I'm so depressed, you know, of course I feel depressed. You know, I've got this situation going on in my life. Things are hard. I'm really struggling. Yeah, no wonder I feel depressed. But you know what? I am doing something about it. I'm going to take my own side. I'm not always going to feel this way in day, hours, days, weeks, or months. I am not going to be feeling the way I am feeling now. There is hope. This just feels this way now. So what can I do for myself now? How can I help myself now? That is much better way of dealing with your feelings than eating the kitchen or just pulling you know, the covers up over your face and going, nah, I can't deal with the world. Even if you feel like you can't deal with the world, even if you feel like this is always going to be forever, think about what you'd say to somebody else. There is always, always hope. There is fear, but there is hope. So live in both. Um, so again, learn to respond to yourself in a kind, supportive and encouraging way. And also watch the words that you say. Uh, some people, ex they just dismiss their experience as ridiculous, silly, stupid, first world problem. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm upset over this. What's my problem? Well, instead Validate, acknowledge, and reassure yourself. Validate and acknowledge what you are going through. I tell this story a lot. Everything wrong. Did everything. T 
totally wrong. I said, oh, that's actually not so bad. It could have been worse. Hey, let's just put a Band-Aid on it. You'll be just good as new in a moment. Everything wrong because you know what? She kept crying, but it hurts. It hurts. It really hurts. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm doing the thing that I tell everybody not to do. I'm doing it. So I said, you know what? Now that I look at that knee, I can see it really must hurt. God, that must hurt a lot. That must be super painful. And she stopped crying. Yeah, 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 mom, it is, it is. And then she says, okay, now can we get the Band-Aid? So what happened? What happened? Why did she go from it hurts, it hurts, it hurts to yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get the Band-Aid, I'm good. Because initially I was dismissing her pain. So let's look at this as an allegory about emotional pain. I I dismissed her physical pain and she felt dismissed. All she needed was for me to say, yeah, that hurts. Ouch. She felt validated. She felt acknowledged. Her pain was being seen and recognized. And we all need that. We need our pain to be seen and recognized. Same thing with emotional pain. When you're hurting and people say, oh, that's okay. You're all right. In fact, my show last week was about how positive thinking, when it is weaponized as a way to uh, minimize your feelings or dismiss your feelings, is infuriating and terribly painful and upsetting. We want our pain to be recognized. We want our pain to be seen, heard, known, that acknowledged, validated. And so We have to do that for ourselves as well. We have to recognize, yes, this hurts for a reason. Of course, of course, this is upsetting me right now. Of course, I'm having a hard time. You know, this is going on in my life. No wonder I feel this way. Not what's wrong with me that I'm so upset or what's the point or whatever. No, like, yeah, this hurts. And then when we recognize that it actually helps us feel better when when we're when it's not recognized we're just in it trying to get rid of it so be sure to validate and acknowledge and recognize and reassure yourself when you feel pain carla gash i'm glad you let you love the stories i think my daughter who just turned 15 would be mortified if she knew i was sharing this all the time but She's not going to listen to the show, so let's not tell her. Okay. Um, So do not dismiss what is going on as ridiculous, silly, stupid, first world problem. If it is affecting you, it needs your attention, period. Not your condemnation. Not your dismissal. It needs your attention. And remind yourself, you have gotten through challenges in the past, And you will get through this too. You really will. And be patient with yourself. This is really important. Healing. Notice I say healing and not recovering. Healing from binge eating and healing from depression takes time. There are ups and downs along the way. But just because one day isn't perfect, by the way, no day is perfect. There's no perfect except in geometry. Um, Just because you have a bad day doesn't mean things will never get better or things will never change. You are healing. You are healing from binge eating disorder. You are not um, a a binger. (laughs) You're not a food addict. You you, You aren't in recovery. You are healing. I know everyone loves the term recovery. However, we recover from a bad breakup. We recover from a a medical condition. We recover from the flu. We recover from COVID. We We don't say, oh, I'm in recovery from anxiety. I'm in recovery from depression. We say, I was depressed and now I'm not. Now I'm feeling better. That's why I believe when it comes to binge eating disorder, I believe in liberation. Liberation means 
It's done. You won. You're not in it forevermore. You're done with it. You have healed. Oh, Sheila, I'm so sorry you have COVID. Well, I'm I'm wishing you a rapid recovery. I hope you get feel better and get better really soon. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, you know, when Sheila feels better, she's going to say, I, I'm, you know, I had COVID and now, now I'm okay. That's, that's the, the idea also with binge eating disorder. You do not have to deal with it the rest of your life. And I say that as someone who was the, the absolute poster child for eating disorders, including binge eating disorder, a poster child for eating disorders. I am no longer the poster child for eating disorders, and I've spent 20 years helping other people liberate themselves from binge eating disorder and other eating disorders. So I'm here to tell you personally and professionally, this is not something you have to deal with the rest of your life. This is something that you are doing. It is not something you are. It is a way that you have learned to cope and you can learn a different way. There is, there is hope. And remember, life is perfectly imperfect. And that's what makes it interesting. So have faith in yourself and keep going because things will eventually begin to look up again. They really, really will. And you know, you will be able to cultivate a healthy, happy relationship with food and with yourself. Sheila is Vax times four. She will survive. Absolutely. That's why you will survive because you are Vax times four. Good for you. Um, and an additional resource for those of you who want to know about additional resources, I have an amazing community, the, the Dr. Nina's Food for Thought community on Facebook. Uh, please feel free to join us. We have members from all over the world who understand what it feels like to struggle with binge eating and who offer support and understanding on that journey to a binge-free happy life. So just do a search for Dr. Nina's bin, um, Food for Thought community, Outsmart Emotional Eating, and you can join us. You can join us today. Okay. Um, so I also have a few questions that I'm going to get to. Um, here's one. I want to lose weight. And everyone tells me to eat less and exercise more. I am doing my best, but I can't stick to that advice. I, I, I keep binging. What am I doing wrong? Well, it's very common advice to tell people who want to lose weight, just eat less, exercise more. Sounds like it makes sense. Perfectly logical. But for people who struggle with binging, it is not logical. It is psychological. Binging is not the problem. It is the solution to the problem, right? So keep in mind when it comes to going, by the way, backtrack a moment, eat less and exercise more. Eat less means some form of a diet, some form of diet. In other words, tell, tell your, don't listen to your body, what your body needs, how much food your body needs. Oh no, Listen to a book or a, an app or someone who tells you what you should or shouldn't eat, which only separates you more from yourself and your ability to eat intuitively. By the way, it's very hard to eat intuitively when you are actively struggling with binge eating disorder because eating intuitively means being able to tune into what your body is needing and giving yourself what you need, but binge eating disorder is feeding an emotional need. So if you are struggling with binging and you are trying to eat intuitively and you're having a tough time, of course you are. How could you not? First, you got to deal with the emotional aspects of binge eating disorder, find new ways of coping. And that means identify why you're, why you're turning to food. If you're turning to food, you are turning away from something else. Identify what's eating at you, then express 
what's express your feelings or give yourself the express comfort to yourself or express what's making you upset and then comfort yourself with words. And that's the validate, acknowledge and reassure yourself. Um, so that is, that is what you have to do to, to, to heal binge eating disorder. And then, and only then can you become more of an intuitive eater. All right, back to this person's question. Um, look, the experience of deprivation, which is a, a, any kind of diet, there's a reason there's a diet binge cycle. Dieting leads to binging. That is because the experience or antici anticipation of deprivation only makes you want something more. And if you think you can't have pizza or ice cream or chocolate or anything with a freaking carb, you're just going to crave it more. And eventually your willpower is going to fail and you're going to eat it. And then you're going to say, well, what most people, I'm, what most people say is, well, I, I, I've blown it. Now the day is ruined. I might as well have all the other stuff I haven't let myself have. And now you're in a binge. So deprivation leads to the diet binge cycle. So for this person, I'd say, um, you know, instead of eating less and exercising more, uh, look at what, why you are eating, right? What is eating at you? Sometimes we turn suppressed emotions into physical discomfort. So if you are emotionally uncomfortable, you might eat to the point where you feel physically uncomfortable. If you are eating to the point where you feel like you are in physical pain, maybe you're converting emotional pain to physical pain by eating so much that it actually hurts. So be really curious about what is going on with you. Why are you turning to food? That, that's, that, you know, if you turn to food, you're solving a problem that's with food. And your emotions, by the way, deserve your attention. Like I said before, it deserves your attention, not your condemnation. We are conditioned in our society to avoid feelings. And when you experience something uncomfortable, you might eat for comfort or distraction, or to fill a void, or to turn uh, uncomfortable feelings into uncomfortable physical state, many, many, many different things. So consider what emotions you're trying to avoid, and then find new ways of responding to yourself. One trick with that is, what would you say to a friend? Remember my very acronym, validate, acknowledge, and reassure yourself. And also think about the way that you would talk to a friend. If a friend was upset, you wouldn't just be like, hey, let's eat everything in the kitchen. That'll make you feel better. You'd probably talk to your friend. Talk to your friend in a nice, kind, warm, interested, loving way. When you do that, you feel better. Um, so the next time you turn to food, remember it is for a reason. If you are turning to food, you are turning away from something else. Take a moment to consider why. That is the first step to creating change. Um, and as far as the wanting to lose weight, well, when you stop binging, you will lose weight. People who stop binging lose weight naturally and organically. And then you will get to the weight that is optimal for your body. So that's how you lose weight. By dealing with what's weighing on you and what's eating at you, not focusing on your weight, focusing on food and trying to exercise. A lot of time ex exercise backfires anyway, because people say, oh, I worked out. So now I can, I can eat cake. Well, don't exercise so that you can let yourself eat cake or anything else. Exercise because it's good for your body and it feels good. We often overestimate how many calories we're burning by exercising too. And so, and then sometimes we get hungrier. So don't, don't do that. <laughs> exercise because you like how it feels in your body, not so that you earn some calories. Um, one more question. Um, I'm trying to stay positive and grateful for all the good aspects of my life, but I'm still binging. 
what am I doing wrong? Well, okay. I, I, I want to tell you that my last week's uh, November 23rd, 2022, that show dealt completely with positive thinking and grat- gratitude and how uh, often it, that makes things worse. But I'm going to briefly summarize that right now. Uh, so when you're upset, you might say something like, oh, you know, like what I said to my daughter when she skinned her knee. Oh, it could be worse. It's not that bad. It could be worse. Totally dismissive, by the way. Oh, you have a lot to be grateful for. Let me think about all that I have to be grateful for. At least I have a job to complain about. <laughs> Someone actually said that to me. Someone who got in a car accident and was dealing with how upsetting it was to, to, to contact the, you know, insurance company to get, get it to the mechanic and all that stuff. She said to me, oh my God, I should just be grateful. I have a car. And even though someone had rear ended her and she was going to have to go through all of these things to deal with the mechanic, deal with the insurance company, deal with the body shop, all the things. Plus she ended up getting whiplash. Oh no, she she should just be glad that she had, she should just be glad she had a car. Like look on the bright side. No, 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 no. So these all appear sort of positive affirmations, but they're not. They are basically a very polite way of discounting your feelings. So that kind of positive thinking just ends up dismissing what you are feeling. It discredits you. It takes away from what's really going on with you that needs your attention. So again, this is how you would validate and acknowledge yourself. You'd say, you know what? I'm upset right now because this is an upsetting situation. Of course it is. Of course I'm angry right now. Like who wouldn't be in my situation? And then give yourself some perspective. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm upset right now, but I won't always be upset. I'm going to get through this. I've been through tough times before and I will get through this too. Um, so to change your relationship with food, you really need to change your relationship with your thoughts and your feelings. Your emotions are simply reactions to situations. That's it. They are reactions to situations. They are not character flaws. They, they are reactions and they need your attention. We cannot positive think away what's upsetting. Only by acknowledging what's going on and responding to ourselves differently can we feel less upset. And guess what? When we are less upset, when we feel better because we've just comforted ourselves, we don't need food for comfort or distraction. Um, uh, so, Carla Gash, I have I have about eight minutes. If you would like to call in and have a very brief call. You, Carly Gash is asking on, on Instagram. So those are my, wait, wait, I have more questions. Um, how do I know, how do I know if I just need more control or if it's something more serious? Hmm. I bet you can guess my answer to this question. Look, we all occasionally use food other than because we're hungry. She's calling. Um, but when it becomes the main strategy for how you are coping with painful, upsetting things in life, and when you can't stop, uh, that is an indication that there is a problem. Hi, Carly Gash. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Dr. Nina. I hear you a little bit from the distance, but it's all right. Um, okay, I'm not Carly feeling Gash, very limited, recently. Very limited. Very limited time, so um, can you ask a concise question? Yeah, I'm not feeling great recently, and I pretty much am ruining everything I built in all areas of my life. You're what? Everything you built? I'm pretty much ruining everything that I've built in all areas of my life sabotaging my progress. Um, 
and I don't know how to bring it back or keep it going. Well, you. So I'm glad that you know that you're sabotaging yourself. Um, there are different reasons for sabotage. Uh, there could be fear of happiness. If things go too well, it's going to be taken away from you. So on some level, you know, people who are afraid of that, they worry that if they feel too good, that the rug's going to be pulled out from underneath them. Does that, does that, does that fit? Or they feel like they don't deserve to feel good. I'm not sure. I, I don't think any of this resonates right now. Um, fear, so fear of success? Fear of success? Maybe fear. I just identified too much with my mother and being very harsh and critical and unfor unforgivable to others. Maybe I'm doing that. Two people kind of reversing but the only person who suffers from that is me. Well, it, it's very... Because people, uh, they uh, don't tolerate it as I tolerate it being a kid. They just they just walk away. It's very insightful that you're recognizing that identification with how you were treated, um, which is, a, you know, a, about replicating the original difficult, toxic relationship, only you take the powerful position of being the rejecting one. But as you said, it also sabotages your relationships. You said you're sabotaging all the good parts of your life. So that that indicates more than just relationships. It, it indicates that you are sabotaging all goodness, <coughs> all the, all the successes. Uh, thank you, Dr. Rina. And how can I deal with uh, sabotage? How can I stop it? Well, I know I know you have my book, so I I invite you to look at Chapter Six of the Binge Cure. Um, stop the sabotage. Reread that or re-listen to it, and really keep an open mind about what might um you know, what, what might fit for you because you're, you're doing and undoing, right? You're, you're getting, you're having something good and then you're taking it away from you. Yourself. Okay. So, so are you keeping on the same level as your family? Are you attached to struggle? Are you, um, you know, afraid of if you have success that you won't be able to maintain it? Yeah, this one. I don't believe I can maintain it. I feel I can only get it, but not keep it. So you want to look at where did you get that notion? Where does that idea come from that you can have it, but then only have it to lose it? Were there experiences you had early in your life in which you had something good but lost it and that that has created a, an expectation, a pattern that you think is going to apply to all areas of your life? So now instead of it happening to you, you will you instigate it yourself kind of unconsciously maybe? Okay. Well, I'm I'm sorry that you're having such a, a tough time, but I also want to say that the part of you that is not being destructive to yourself is calling me and reaching out and thinking about what's this about. It seems like there's a conflict and a, of some kind that needs you know your investigation. Um. Thank you. I will keep looking into this. I appreciate your help, Okay, Carly Gash. I hope you feel better. Please take your own side and be curious, not critical. 
When you figure out what's going on, you can take steps to create change. Okay, I will do so. Thank you so much, Dr. I hope you have a great day. Take good care. I'm glad we had enough time Thank for uh, one call. Sorry that I didn't have a longer time with you, Carly Gash, but I'm glad you were able to, to you know, at least get a little bit of food for thought. Um, and that is our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Dr. Nina Show. I'm here every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can also listen later on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get podcasts. And again, if you want to join Dr. Nina's Food for Thought community, just uh, head on over to Facebook or if you're on Instagram, the link is in my bio. If you're interested in a deeper dive into everything I talked about, uh, my book is The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating. It is available on Amazon in every single possible format including audiobook where I read it to you. All right, everyone, stay stay curious, not critical. I'll see you next week. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. The Dr. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Sabelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem. It's what's eating at you. Be sure to tune in for diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Thank you for joining the Dr. Nina Show, heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Join Dr. Nina next time for more diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Find out more about Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland at drninainc.com. That's D-R-N-I-N-A-I-N-C.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.